Well, good morning. Morning, Zoomers. Great to have you with us this morning. So, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Here it is, uh, 4th of July weekend, and I try to tie things in a bit on holidays, although they, they sneak up on me. They did again this year. I uh, was all set with uh, to carry on with our series in John, had it all done, wrapped up, and it's like, oh, this is 4th of July weekend. So anyway, so we did a little, a little shifting, but I think uh, something that will uh, teach us, as Rick said, and uh, taught me this week, reminded me of some things. Fourth of July weekend. I was thinking about the Declaration of Independence. Interesting read if you haven't uh, seen it in a while. But you uh, have in that declaration uh, not only that there is going to be a, uh, a an independence from England, from Great Britain, um, but also the reasons for that, the justifications given for the American Revolution. And basically what you had was a tyrant of a king, right, from another continent, from somewhere else, who basically uh, exerted his power uh, over here and used people for his own devices and had his soldiers, uh, his, his minions, scattered, scattered throughout the colonies to help uh, his devices, to help his process come along. And as I thought of that, uh, this scripture came to mind, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 10. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Interesting, as I, it's like, why, why did that scripture come to mind? And then, and then I began to realize, as I meditated on that, that there is a tyrant of a ruler um, from another realm, if you will, who is exerting his uh, schemes, his plans, his devices on our world, uh, and has his own army, his troops, his minions scattered throughout to help those devices come along. And that's what Paul's saying here. Uh, we have these rulers, these authorities, um, that we as human beings and we especially as a church wrestle against. So today in our time, we have happening spiritually the same thing that America, early America, had happening physically. Now, who is Paul writing to here in Ephesians? I always like to look at context. Uh, he's writing to the church in Ephesus, obviously. He's writing to the body of Christ there, and since his letters go from church to church, uh, it goes beyond Ephesus, even to us today, right? Um, but he's talking about wrestling. Okay? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And, and, and this is like in chapter 6 of the letter, uh, of course, there were no chapters in the original, 
Uh, but but it's it's toward the end of the letter, and he's saying after everything he said, he says, because we wrestle not. So he must be talking about wrestling through and then pointing us to where the real battle is happening. So wrestling, uh, he makes the distinction here, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not against people, but we are wrestling against these spiritual forces, okay? Um, demonic forces. So, so what were they battling with back then? And how might we apply this today? Well, the first thing that we see mentioned in chapter 2 was the coming together of the Jewish and Gentiles, the Jews and the Gentiles together into one church. And you you, you got to understand that for centuries, all right, these two did not mix. The Jews were separate. They were set apart. They followed the God of heaven and earth. They followed... Jehovah, Yahweh, however you want to to term him, um, they were his people, they were his chosen, they were different from every other nation until they fell into sin and, and followed the other nations and that kind of thing. But there was always this schism, if you will, always this, you see it in the Gospels. Uh, when, when Jesus wanted to go into Samaria, it was like, no, we, we don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. You know, they, they wouldn't even go into a Gentile's house. Right? If you, you had a Gentile next door, you, you wouldn't go into their house. Could be a nice neighbor, whatever. You wouldn't be caught dead in their house because that was a, uh, traditionally seen as a, as a sin, right? You didn't mix with the other peoples. So there was this great schism. And now you have Jews and Gentiles, believers in Jesus Christ, coming together, uh, into one new body of Christ, one new people of God. But you still had all these cultural, deep-seated differences that had to be addressed. Okay, so you've got that going on. Um, groups that that formerly had animosity towards one another now are thrown together in 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 the church, uh, and they needed to let go of some of their traditions, some of their ideas, right, from the past, if they're going to get along and walk together in love. So there's infighting in the church, right? Anger and bitterness and slander, Paul says, that needs to be put away. Then we get into chapter 4 and and some of 5. Paul exhorts them to no longer walk in darkness or immorality no longer according to speaking of the Gentiles that didn't have the law of God, right? Um, no longer according to the worldview of the world. Uh, those that, quote, are darkened in their understanding. So there were questions of morality. There were questions of right and wrong that needed to be worked out and established in the church and walked out as people uh, walk with the Lord in in Christianity in in the Christian faith as believers together. We got we got to set these uh, boundaries and all. Uh, chapter five also addresses breakdowns in the family, okay, family relationships. So Paul addresses there uh, the roles of husbands and wives and parents and children. Let's get things back into God's order here. Chapter six talks about troubles between masters and servants, their household servants. Uh, you had some, on the one hand, the masters that were cruel, lording it over uh, their servants, 
And the servants, on the other hand, that, uh, you know, eh, they're not watching. I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put in a, a good day's work today, right? We, we could liken it maybe today to the employer-employee relationships. Uh, bosses that are just, you know, domineering and employees that, you know, okay, they're not watching, so I'm going to be scrolling Facebook or whatever, you know, those kind of things going on. Uh, and finally, uh, in Paul's exhortation in Ephesians here, we also see a glimpse of the evangelistic struggle, the church as it always has, facing opposition, facing persecution. Does any of this sound familiar? Right? Cultural battles, moral battles, theological battles, family problems, employer-employee difficulties, opposition to Christianity and biblical beliefs. Is this like the morning news? Day after day after day after day here in America in 2022? Absolutely. And to the untrained eye, it looks just like a whole big mess of human conflict, doesn't it? But the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, says we need to tear the veil a little bit. We need to look behind the scenes and see what's going on. Take another look at what's going on in America, this country that we love. Take a look at it through God's eyes. It's not just people. There is a devil. There is a tyrant, selfish uh, ruler at work and a horde of demonic spirits feeding this unrest that seems to be everywhere. Feeding, motivating, inciting these attitudes of pride and stubbornness and the unwillingness of people to come together and discuss things rationally, calmly, and respectfully uh, and, and work towards solutions together. No, it's my way or the highway, right? Seeing a lot of that these days. And certainly, just like he did in the Garden of Eden, Satan is playing the same old tune. Did God really say? Is that what the Bible really says? No, that's not true. God's trying to pull the wool over your eyes, right? This is the same thing he said to Eve. God's trying to keep you from something good. So don't, 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 don't look in here. No, I got a better way for you, right? You can be like God. You can make your own decisions. You can be empowered. Same old tune. Come on, search your feelings. You know I'm right, right? So you and I really need to understand something. Look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 28. This is something that you, you, don't, you don't maybe hear a lot of. Because how many people spend a lot of time in Ezekiel? Okay, that's what I thought. Um, Ezekiel 28, beginning of verse 14. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God. In the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till unrighteousness was found in you. Okay, Guardian cherub. Who's he talking about? talking about Lucifer, one of the most beautiful angels ever created. He was a guardian. In other words, he was part of God's secret service, if you will. Not that anybody could touch God, but he had his, you know, his right and his left hand, you know, that were right there, um, guardian cherub. Extremely, 
incredible position, right? You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire. We can only, you know, conjecture what, what all that is talking about. Blameless in your ways from the days you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Isaiah 14 talks about that, beginning at verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. Above the stars of God, I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the amount of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Okay? This is Lucifer. This is Satan, that, that who once was this beautiful, credible angel. Back to Ezekiel uh, 28.17. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. And there, there is a description of his beauty, the, the, the colors um, that, that, he, that he radiated, you know, just incredible. Your heart was proud because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. So Lucifer, once a beautiful angel with an important job, but started thinking, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cute. Matter of fact, I, I got it all over this angel here and this one over here and this one over here. Matter of fact, I think I could do a better job than that guy on the throne. Yeah, I'm going to take over. And he, and he started this coup in heaven. Revelation indicates that up to a third of the angelic host joined him in the rebellion. So he must have been convincing, right? He must have been incredible to, to look at, an incredible speaker, whatever. But he took up to a third of the angels of heaven with him in this rebellion who were likewise cast to the ground, likewise cast to the earth, cast out of heaven, and now are referred to in the scriptures as demons or unclean spirits. So we have to understand today in our day and in our time, you know, it's interesting, they, they kind of recognized this in the days of Jesus. Jesus went around, he cast out demons, right? He spoke to them and this and that and the other thing. We, we don't even... We don't even acknowledge. I mean, sometimes, you know, even in the church, we, we say, yeah, I'm under attack, you know. But, but we don't see the kind of, of overt activity, uh, unfortunately, because I think some churches that, that are more uh, leaning in this direction, more, more open to this and talking to it, kind of go or, o overboard on the other end, and there's like a demon under every rock, Right? And uh, you know you don't you don't have a problem with with this. It's 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 a demon, and it's it's you know just way 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 overboard. There's no, there's no real balance. Um, nonetheless, according to the scriptures, there are demonic forces on this earth, and they are doing battle. They lost the coup in heaven. They realized. From, from Satan on down, you don't mess with God Almighty. He is the creator. You are the creation. You are no match for him. Out you go. So what do they do? They're disgruntled. They're judged. They're condemned. Who do they set their sights on? 
those that are created in God's image. The ultimate of God's creation, those whom God created for fellowship with Him, for a love relationship with Him, we're going we're to go after them. We're going to destroy them. Subtly, okay, getting back to the garden, Satan deceiving Eve into sin, right? With that, that conversation, and Adam who was with her, the Bible says, they fell. They are organized. They are manipulative. They know what buttons to push. And they are intense, intensely serious about the destruction of the human race. They just love to get people fighting. They love to get people at each other's throats. They love to break up families. They love to break up society. They just love to cause chaos and problems. And, and especially, they love to, to trip up Christians so that they lose their witness, right? Try to get us off so that we are not a force for the Lord and the world. And um, they, they want to keep people from knowing about and, and getting in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's their highest, highest priority. So, what, what is the Holy Spirit through Paul telling us here? First of all, we need to understand that there is an unseen enemy. That in all the chaos and all of this, we, we got to lift our eyes above the human level of chaos and we need to understand there are some serious dark forces at work in our society. Okay. Second, um, that we are not going to win this battle uh, because what, 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 part, part of our calling, right? We are called to be light, right? Which is to shine the light of, of the Lord's love and draw people to Him. And we're called to be salt, to preserve. Okay? We're, we're, we work for the good of where we're at, right? We, we, we work to help people and to help people's lives and to, and to reach out to them in the love of the Lord. And, uh, but we we don't uh, we don't win the battle by wrestling with flesh and blood. Bart mentioned this in Bible study the other day. The Bible says the natural person does not accept the things of God. Right? They are folly to him. He's not able to understand them. We we put so much energy and effort sometimes into uh, debates with people and uh, and Facebook posts and uh, you know all these kind of things where we're just hashing out opinions back and forth and back and forth and Paul says it's not going to work it's not going it's not going to be effective we're not going to just convince people of stuff there has to be a work of God in people's hearts and lives in this case second corinthians four four says the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So arguing with people, trading jabs in person or on social media, not going to be effective. What do we do? What do we do for the good of this nation? What do we do for the good of our society? Where do we put our energies? Here's what Paul says, Ephesians 6.13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God 
that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Now, I could take weeks on the armor of God. You know that, okay? Um, but I'm just going to highlight them for you this morning. Verse 14, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. Okay, the belt was the part of the armor that held the rest of it in place. Very, very important. And if we're going to do anything in this battle, we have to be girded with truth. This was last week's message about truth. Where do we get our truth from? Is it from the world? Is it from our feelings? Or is it from the eternal word of God? Right? When we are centered in this book, that holds the rest of our armor in place. We need to get our truth from here. So, the belt of truth. And, verse 14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. This was the piece of armor that, that you know, guarded the heart, right? The, the major organs from, um, from being attacked with a sword or whatever. When you and I are made right with God through Jesus Christ, when we have his righteousness by faith in him, it guards our hearts. It guards our hearts. We no longer need to find our self-worth in the world, chasing after the things that the world chases, getting caught up in you know this and that and the other thing, um, and, and, and maybe even you know false causes and, and this and that, because our heart's at rest. We're at peace with God. We have His righteousness. We have security in Him, right? So I'm not going to get knocked off guard because um, my heart is being drawn away from God into this and that and the other thing. Verse 15, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Wherever we go, wherever our feet take us, if you will, we are ready to share the gospel of peace. Ready to share God's love in Christ with people. Can, can you see how, you know, instead of arguing and this and that and the other thing, when, when we know what our purpose is as, as light in the body of Christ, right? We're ready to share God's love. We're ready to, to tell people what God has done in our lives and how he can do the same for them, right? It puts us in a whole different vein of thought. Not, uh, I, I argue with you because... Da, 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 da. No, I'm, I'm, I want to love you. I want to help you to find the Lord. I want to... Uh, treat you with value and with respect because I have another agenda. And that is to influence you to find the lover of your soul and be set free and know him, right? So our feet with the readiness of the gospel. Jesus' strategy from the beginning. Uh, think about it. You know, he, he's, he's in the Roman world there are zealots, right? One of his own disciples was a zealot. They just were trying to drum up, we need to overthrow Rome, we need to change this, we need da, 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 da. What was Jesus? Uh, somebody, somebody had a quote the other day. Jesus had no political power, no legislative power, and yet he changed the world. Right? What was his strategy? His strategy was 
not to change people's minds, but to change their hearts. Not to argue point, but to get the Holy Spirit on the inside and then people begin to interact with God and begin to think like God thinks. Changing the world one heart at a time. Unless you're Billy Graham and you can do thousands at once. But okay, That's the strategy. Verse 16, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Another word for faith, trust. Trusting God. Trusting his word. Trusting that as I walk with him, as we walk with him, as we live according to this word, as we set our lives and our principles and our values upon this word, that he's going to take care of us every step of the way in this battle. He will be with us. He is for us. And come what may, come whatever the, the devil's going to throw, um, he's on our side, right? I talked about this in Hebrews. God is my help. What can man do to me, right? Somebody can be vicious. Somebody can get us fired, right? We, we can be just all loving and kind and trying to do the right thing. And, and they don't like the fact that we're Christians and, and you know, that we, that we live by the Word of God and all that kind of stuff. They see us as a threat. They, they conjure up something. They get us fired. <gasps> what can man do to me? Because if that happens, I have God Almighty on my side who is going to open the door for me. I don't have to get back at them or, you know, eh, no, 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 no. Faith extinguishes the darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, verse 17. Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Being born from above. Having our eyes opened to truth is like a helmet that protects our brains, right? It keeps our minds from being deceived from the, the, the devil and his demons. When you and I are truly born again when the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, right? We have, we begin to have our eyes open. I don't know if the same happened to you, but instantly, you know, when I asked Jesus, to, I, I began to see the world differently, right? Why? Because the Holy Spirit is in there changing things, right? Wow, things that I just before all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get this now, right? It's, it, it's like a helmet protecting our brains, protecting our minds. And the sword of the Spirit, again, verse 17, which is the Word of God. See, your and my opinion, to, 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 to you and me, all right, it's, it's black and white. It's, it's easy, plain as a nose on our face, right? It is, it is right, it is the truth, it is because it's our opinion, right? But when you think about it, it's my opinion against someone else's opinion. 50-50. They're, they're equal. Right? Um, but the Word of God, now I've got something different. It's not my opinion. This is what God, the Creator of heaven and the earth, says. Okay? The sword of the Spirit. The Word of God. The Word of God that has power, God says in Isaiah, his word will not return void, 
right? It won't return to him void. When that word is spoken, especially by a believer in Christ, somebody who has a relationship with God, when that word is spoken, not 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 hammered, right? Not not beating people over the head with the Bible, right? It has to come again with with love, with respect, with value for people. But when we say, hey, you know, just this this is in conversation. Um, this is what I see in the Bible. What do you what do you think of that? You know, that word spoken, that word that that is is kind of understood as having a sense of authority, right? Um, unless they reject it altogether, but still, it's not going to return void. It's going to plant a seed. That's what the scripture says. So sharing the word in love from a caring heart has power. And finally, verse 18, Paul says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I love this. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. Speaking of a man named Epaphras, let me name your kids Epaphras. Didn't think so. Um, who is one of you? A servant of Christ Jesus greets you. Okay, He was there with Paul. Uh, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the, world, all the will of God. The word for struggling here in the Greek is agonizomai. Sound a little familiar? where we get our word agonize. So here is Epaphras. He is he came to Paul. He's working alongside Paul and all. He's, he's working with him, but he is agonizing in prayer for his beloved church there in Colossae. Those, those are his kumbas, right? Those are his friends, his, his church family. He is interceding for them before the throne. Why? Because if you read the book of Colossians, they, they've got a lot of false teaching that is coming in to the church to, to um, get them off the track of faith in Jesus Christ alone. And they've got to add this, and they've got to add this, and then there's New Age stuff over here and all this over there. And it's starting to cause confusion and problems, and people are being led astray. And here is Epaphras. Um, not, not charging up there and, and arguing with people. No, he is wrestling. He is struggling. He is agonizing for his family in prayer. James says the fervent prayer of the righteous is effective and powerful. Church, if we're going to wrestle anywhere, we need to wrestle like Epaphras. We need to be wrestling in prayer. We need to be praying, uh, Paul says, for those in authority. Yes, uh, you know, I, people do not are not particularly some people are not particularly pleased with who is in different offices in the land but i'll tell you what we do a lot of a lot more damage than help if we are criticizing and not praying paul says pray for those in authority pray 
blessing on their lives. Pray that somehow God would bring them to the knowledge of the truth. You can, you can bet that there are a horde of demons assigned to the President of the United States to get him to do the, the, the will of uh, the, the enemy. You, you, you can just bet it. Governors of, of the states, on and on and on. They're working overtime on these folks. They're, you know, you and I probably have a half a demon each. You know, these guys got hordes of them, you know, guys and gals in positions of authority and power, uh, lawmakers, uh, judges, etc. Okay? We need to be doing battle on our knees for people. We need to be doing battle. If we love this nation, if we love um, truth and justice and the American way, okay, we need to be heroes. We need to be heroes on our knees, agonizing in prayer. Not just, you know, God bless us, okay? Sometimes there's time, short time, but... When was, when was the last time that I tearfully wrestled in prayer for my nation? Been a while. Been a while. I sit back and grumble. It's a lot easier, right? We need to pray. Pray for families. Pray for Professionals pray for this nation like never before. So, it's fine to respectfully engage people in discussions after we have shown that we love and value people, right? It's fine to work to get legislation passed that lines up with God's word. But you know, as we've seen, that, that flip-flops, right? This law is passed today, it's passed over here the next day, depending on who's there and does what. It, it, what is this? You can't legislate morality, right? It, it's just um, we, we cannot depend on politicians or whatever to fix the problem. It's going to happen through the gospel of Jesus Christ, changing hearts one at a time. That's our focus. So, find to do some of these other things. Run for office. Be a godly influence uh, in, in your social circles, in your the place that you work, etc., etc. Be that. Be a person of character that people can respect and look up to and listen to. Absolutely. But the bulk of our time and effort should be put into these things, Paul says, knowing the truth from God's Word. can't set our lives on something that we, that we don't know, right? So, study of the Scriptures. Um, being assured of who we are as God's children, knowing that we have come to Him and, and, and repented and asked him to be our Savior and our Lord, knowing our identity in him. Again, understanding it from this book. Being ready always to share his love and his grace with others. 
and heartfelt, fervent prayer. These are the Holy Spirit's battle plans for you and I as we see our nation in turmoil. Nobody else is going to do it, guys. It's up to the church. Everybody else is fighting. You know, Paul says in Corinthians, the weapons of our warfare are not, are not carnal. The carnal weapons are the that's going on, right? It's not, it's not, no, our weapons are not of this world, but the scripture says are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Let's get in the battle. Let's do what the scripture tells us to do. And let's continue the legacy from 200 and some odd years ago to fight for this nation. Let's do it in the spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this nation of ours, which we love. Uh, Rick said this morning, greatest nation um, on earth, most freedoms, etc., etc. Many lives lost defending what we have here in the natural. God, help us to see behind the scenes. Help us to see that there is a spiritual battle raging a battle for the hearts and lives and minds of people, a battle to see humanity destroyed and dismantled. And help us, Lord, us who now know, who now understand, help us to get in the fray, help us to get in the battle and fight the way you've taught us to fight. We thank you for it. Empower us. Move us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.